Hello everyone and welcome to episode 280 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I am the founder and CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre and I'm here with the very clever Alison Tate who is the author under the name of A.L. Tate of the Mapmaker Chronicles and the Adaban Cipher series. How are you, Al? <laughs> Well, I have to confess, I'm not feeling particularly clever today. It's Why just not? Sort of, well, I had a school talk this morning, um, mm-hmm. and that does tend to um, wipe me out a little bit, um, just because of the, I think we've talked about this before, just the general kind of like throwing forth of energy. Um, mm. And I had sort of, it was like 100 and something grade threes, so it was fairly uh, fairly lively, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, clever is, you know, I'm probably, yeah, not really. But that's okay. I know that you guys will forgive me and stick with me anyway, right? Because we're a team, aren't we? Absolutely. But one thing that you have been very clever at, and hopefully we've both been very clever at, is we have been writing, and we've hinted at this many times, we have been writing a book together. So do you want to do the big announcement? No, you do it. You're the leader here. I'm merely, I, I'm the sidekick. I'm like the, I'm like the entertainment and humor, the humor. I'm that. I'm the, on the sideline. You're our, you know, leading us forth into a new universe kind of. <laughs> so Al and I have been writing a book for all of our fabulous listeners and we have just pressed the button to send it off to the publisher and printer. I'm so nervous. Um, it is, yes, it's been, oh, it's been an epic, epic, epic effort. And of course, guess what, everyone? It's called So You Want to Be a Writer. <laughs> Very original name. The imaginatively named So You Want to Be a Writer, the book. That's right. Um, And uh, it's going to be launched very soon. In fact, we're going to be launching it at an event that hopefully many of our listeners are going to be at because the book launch is going to be at our big event at Vivid on Saturday the 8th of June at 11 a.m., on the top floor of the Museum of Contemporary Art. So we're doing it in style, aren't we, Al? We are so doing it in style. This is, I'm sorry, people, but this is more Val and Al than anyone can probably handle. So if you're coming (laughs) along, you need to, like, brace yourself for this. It's going to be massive. Massive. And we're going to have an after party as well because basically we're going to have the session at Vivid, which is So You Want to Be a Writer Live, and it's not just going to be Val and Al. It's also going to be the incredible Candace Fox, who is a number one New York Times bestselling author of crime thrillers, and also the incredible Pamela Freeman, who also writes under Pamela Hart, and she's a fantastic historical fiction author and just an incredible creative writing teacher. So the four of us are going to be in the session to run you through all all the things you need to know to become a writer and get published and, of course, answer all your questions. Mm. And we're going to launch our book and then we're going to wander, you know, well, down the lifts and then 20 (laughs) metres to Cruise Bar and that's where you can um, ask us even more questions. And And then I was going to go and have a lie down somewhere. (laughs) Have a Bex and a lie down. I am. But I'm going to, you know, we're going to air the authorial blazer. Yeah, yeah, it's all, yeah. It's going to happen. Like the authorial gonna, glasses, everything will be there. I'm going to need an authorial blazer. I'm going to get an authorial. You need one. To, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I can't bring Procrastipop oh, to this. Yeah. Tea, I know. But he will be there in spirit. You mm. know he will. Yeah. We can put a photo on the slides. Yeah, we'll put a photo. Mm. <laughs> So if you haven't got your tickets yet, make sure you go to writercenter.com.au slash vividideas. That's writercenter.com.au slash vividideas to grab your tickets. They are selling like hot cakes. Mm. So go for it. But let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on to the world of writing and publishing. What's happening, Al? Oh, what's happening in the world of publishing and writing all manner of exciting things, Val, as you would know because, you know, you're immersed in it, as am I. Um, so a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today. The first thing I wanted to do was to give a big shout-out to Stephanie M. Ward who mm. um, listens to our podcast. And I know that she listens to our podcast because Stephanie has written a, a, a post on her blog, Stephanie Ward, called Five Great Kidlit Podcasts. 
which, you know, like is a very, very good title right there. Yeah. Um, It's at stephanieward.com. So if you want to have a look at the whole list, but basically she gives a shout out to um, five great kid lit podcasts, including The Happy Book, which is a children's book podcast with Tanya McCartney. Now, Mm. Tanya is a children's book author and illustrator who we interviewed on the podcast. And I can't exactly remember that particular episode, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it. But it was a terrific interview. She's um, incredibly experienced in a whole lot of different facets. And now she has her own podcast. There's also One More Page, which is a podcast for lovers of kid books, um, which is a great little podcast. And I was very excited to have been a featured guest on that one uh, a few episodes ago where I was talking Mm. about my love of reluctant heroes and how I got into writing adventure stories, et cetera, et cetera. There is the children's book podcast with Matthew Winner, number four, So You Want to Be a Writer with Valerie Koo and Alison Tate. And then the Middle Grade Mavens podcast, which, again, I was very excited to have been um, a guest on recently. Now, one of the things I wanted to draw to your attention with this particular blog post, Mm. apart from the fact that I'm wrapped that we're included on it. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Is that Stephanie uh, talks about the fact that we offer practical advice for writers of any genre and that we interview a wide variety of authors. Now, one of the things that Stephanie said, and I quote, I search for relevant kidlit authors, but occasionally I'll try an adult or nonfiction author and invariably learn something I can use in my own writing. Now, the reason I draw this to your attention, Valerie, of course, is Mm -hmm. that this is something that you and I talk about regularly. Like It's not one of our bang-on about subjects, but this is something we do discuss um, fairly regularly, is the importance of getting outside your lane a little bit sometimes. So listening to podcast interviews with authors who might write things that you don't, with nonfiction authors, with journalists. Um, We, of course, have 280 or something. I don't even know what episode we're up to. um, uh, Interviews on our podcast. And I can honestly say that um, I have learned something from every single one of Mm. those interviews, every single one. Um, And, of course, these are people who write things that I do not write, who write in ways that I do not write, who think about writing in ways that I do not think about it, and that is where I learn stuff because I think it's very, very easy to get stuck um, in thinking that, you know, you write one thing or you think one way or you do whatever. And then sometimes it's just someone saying the one little thing that loosens up a whole range of other worlds and other ideas for you. So um, I just wanted to say thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for listening outside the kidlit um, realm as well, mm. because I do honestly feel like that, that that is there's a huge amount of value to be learned in, in doing that. Speaking of kid lit, make sure you vote for Alison's book at the Dimmicks competition. What's the competition called again? The Oh, kids- it's the Kids Top 51. And, um, yeah, I think it would be awesome if you guys could sling A.L. Tate a vote or two. Um, you will need to scroll down to the bottom of all the pretty colours and add in the Mapmaker Chronicles Race to the End of the World or the Book of Secrets um, Adaman Cipher book one into the got a favorite not on our list bar which is down the bottom I know it's a little bit of extra work but um, I know that AL Tate would be highly highly appreciative of your efforts um, yes. if you were able to to do that for her that would be brilliant thank you so much that would be awesome and we'll put the link in the show notes of course which you can find at so you want to be a writer.com.au but yes you will find it on the Dimix site Uh, And then we also have, you have a link for us. Oh, yes. Now, this is a link that was on writersdigest.com, which is obviously a fantastic source of of, uh, writerly information. And the reason I think that this particular link struck a chord with me was because it reminded me of our interview that we did a few episodes ago with the wonderful Amy Kaufman. Now, you might remember that interview. It was incredibly wide-ranging. It was quite long. It was a very, very uh, generous, really, really generous um, and deep interview. But one of the things that I have noticed that struck a real chord Mm -hmm. with our listeners on social media, um, and I know this because you've shared the interview because of it, was uh, Amy's talk about querying. She talked about pitching. She talked about how to write a pitch that sells. And as I was um, trawling around the internet over during the week, as I do, I came across this post on writersdigest.com called Thinking Outside the Books, 
write your query letter first. Mm. And it's by um, it's by a, a, a writer called Scott Wilson, and he it's an interesting approach to writing a book because he said basically that you know he's you know by the time he'd sent his fifth book out to agents and hadn't heard so much as a peep he'd had enough. You know, the thought of pouring another year of his life into a book just to get another round of radio silence was too depressing. Um, So for his Mm. sixth book, he decided to try something new. Instead of writing the novel and then writing the query letter afterwards, he decided to write an attention-grabbing query letter first Mm. and then write a book to live up to it, which I thought was a really interesting approach. So basically what he's done is he's gone through and he's written the cell for the book, the blurb, yeah, before yeah. he wrote the book. And I think it's a, it was quite an interesting process for him because what he realised in doing that was he could see the problems in the story mm. before he even started writing the book. So it's kind yes. of like a weird little way of outlining. Um, but because you're having – we have to remember that in a query letter with a pitch, you have to sell the idea. This Absolutely. is not a synopsis. This is not a straightforward outline. This is how to actually sell the book. Um, Mm -hmm. And he he gives a couple of examples here of what his first effort looked like and then what his um, final query actually looked like. So I think, um, you know, as I said, that it shows the the things that he learned from us was that it can show you what the story is missing. It can give you a way into what your world and characters might be like. And as far as he's concerned, it reduces the stress because trying to cram a book that you've spent a year writing that might be 60, 70, 80,000 words into a, a couple of short paragraphs can be very, very stressful because you're trying to stuff too much detail into it. Whereas if you don't know the detail, mm. if you've just got the broad brushstrokes, then write the broad brushstrokes and see what happens. Anyway, I just thought it was um, on the basis of the of the interview that we did with Amy and her approach to pitching. And if you haven't listened to that interview, um, I recommend that you go back uh, to that episode and have mm. a listen to it because it was a very, very, very good interview. Um, and I say that because she was great, not because I was great, just so you know. <laughs> um, but it was a very good interview. And it, and when I sort of looked at this querying, you know, write the query first, it just it rang a bell for me. So I just thought um, it might be something that you guys are interested in having a look at. Yeah, we'll put that link to that article in the show notes so you can have a look at them, his, his various versions. And the Amy Kaufman interview was – episode 276 and I think that the thing about pitching is that it is so important and it's so and I think it's a really useful exercise to write the blurb effectively write what's on the back of the book no matter where you are in your book kind of thing Mm. write the cell Mm -hmm. because if you if you can't sell it to someone if (laughs) this is this is going to be a major problem because it doesn't matter how good your book is a friend of mine is writing his manuscripts and um, I say manuscripts because he's like doing a series mm-hmm. and I said go on pitch your book to me and I must say he's quite a good friend so please don't think that I would say this you know <laughs> to um <laughs> to come on everyone. then pitch it to me <laughs> so well he did and I just looked at him I said I could not be more bored but that's not because his book isn't good. His book is very good. His story is very good. But his pitch, I could not have been more bored, you know what I mean? So now he's working on his pitch to so that it actually can live up to the book. <laughs> I could not be more bored. She talks to me like this all the time, just so you know. You really know that you're in, in Val's circle of glory when she's willing to go, oh, my God, Al, what are you thinking? Like you're really there. It's just <laughs> so if you hear those words from her, take them with the love that they are <laughs> intended. Yes, they are. It is well-meaning, definitely, because I want him to, you know, succeed and want him to get published. Anyway, let's move on let's, to let's leave it right there. our giveaway this week, our competition. So we have three copies of a book called A Woman of No Importance by acclaimed biographer Sonia Purnell. In 1942, the Gestapo would stop at nothing to track down a mysterious limping lady who was fighting for the freedom of France. The Nazi chiefs issued a simple but urgent command. She is the most dangerous of all Allied spies. We must find and destroy her. 
The Gestapo's target was Virginia Hall, a glamorous American with a wooden leg who broke the barriers against her gender and disability to be the first woman to infiltrate Vichy, France for the SOE. In so doing, she helped turn the course of the intelligence war. Based on new and extensive research, Sonia Purnell has for the first time uncovered the full secret life of Virginia Hall, an astounding and inspiring story of heroism, spycraft, resistance and personal triumph over shocking adversity. Wow, that, that sounds, sounds big. That sounds incredible. Yes. That sounds like that's truth mm. stranger than fiction, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the entries close on the 13th of May and you just need to go to writercentre.com.au slash win to and follow the instructions and you'll be in with a chance of winning one of three copies of this fab-sounding book. All right, that's writercentre.com.au slash win. Now, Al. Mm. Are you ready for the word of the week? So ready. You know what? It's so funny mm. because you posted a picture, a painting this uh-huh. week on yeah. uh, one of your apostrophes, flying apostrophe oh, yeah. series on yes. social media. Yeah. And I shared it and I was like, this is my incredibly talented <laughs> co-author, Valerie, who is so incredibly talented. <laughs> Thank you for sharing it. At which point I acknowledge that I probably need to listen more closely to the word of the week so that I have a broader vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> talented. She's so damn talented. <laughs> well, this word probably isn't going to be a good synonym for that. Oh. It is succus. <laughs> I know okay. it sounds really weird. Succus. I did look up the pronunciation succus. And it's spelt S-U-C-C-U-S-S. So it looks just like success, except instead of an E at the end, it's a U. Succus, S-U-C-C-U-C, sorry, S-U-C-C-U-S-S. Succus. Does not mean success. And it means what? What does it mean, Valerie? It means, and this is true, and it's in the Macquarie Dictionary, it means to shake. Okay. As in, you know, when you shake something. It's yeah. really, yes, quite But how would you weird. use it? Well, I need a sentence. That's oh. a very good question because here's the thing. When you Google things like how to use suck us in a sentence, bloody Google <laughs> thinks that you're, you mean success and it won't even, it's such an uncommonly used word, it won't even recognize that you've put in a different word to success. All right. So in actual fact, you got nothing for me. So, so short answer now is I'm don't going know. back to <laughs> consider, reconsidering my love for word of the week again. Okay. That's a That's good it. word, right? Well, is it? I don't know. Yes, it is. I don't know how you would use such a thing without people oh. thinking you'd made a typo. Yeah, well, that's probably – it's that's probably what hinders most people from using it. I would say. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. But it's still it exists. So it's, it's actually a real word. Autocorrect is actually exactly. hindering us from a to wider blame. use of the word. It's All right. so true. I'm, yes. I'm and happy to go with that. That's very okay. sad. I might say. All right. Anyway, let's move let on. yeah, let's move on <laughs> to our writer in residence this week. This is so exciting because this week we've interviewed Astrid Schult, and Astrid is one of our alumni. She's done several courses with us, including Creative Writing Stage 1s, um, Novel Writing Essentials, History, Mystery and Magic, so so many courses. That's just some of them. And she has a, fan, a, a wonderful book out called Four Dead Queens. And it is a YA novel. And just it's just the premise is so intriguing. And I'm just so thrilled for her. Not only is it being released here, it's being released in uh, America where she had a book launch in New York. So cool. Like can't, can't be happier for her. So let's have a listen to Astrid's journey now. Thanks so much for joining us today, Astrid. Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. It's great to be here. Oh, so excited for you. Congratulations on your debut novel, Four Dead Queens. And it's just so excited for you. Um, (laughs) For some readers who haven't read the book yet, can you tell them what it's about? Absolutely. So it's a young adult novel, but I would like to say that many people of all ages can enjoy and read it. 
It's essentially a murder mystery that's set in a fantasy world. It's a nation that's divided into four, ruled by four very different queens. And these queens start getting killed off in brutal ways. And it's up to the main character, who's a teenage thief, to find out why the queens were murdered and also not be the next on the murderer's list. And so it takes a special kind of person for to have an imagination that thinks, oh, I, who, who thinks, I'm going to set this book in a fantasy world where there are four queens who are brutally murdered and, <laughs> and so on. How in the world did you come up with this idea? What was the seed of it? There were a few different seeds. There, one thing is I've always loved murder mysteries. I've always been a big Agatha Christie fan. I've loved hosting like how to host a murder mystery party and trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, who did it before everyone else does. Yeah. So it's something that's always appealed to me, like the fun murder mystery, not so much, you know, a, a deep, dark crime book. And that's sure. certainly what I've tried to achieve with, with Four Dead Queens is a fun murder mystery and a fast-paced murder mystery. And, yeah, I had this dream where I was sitting in a horse-drawn cart and this very sleek silver car flew by and I woke up and I thought, well, what? how would this world exist and why would this world exist with contrasting technologies? And that was kind of the start of the world being divided into four very different cultures with four very different queens ruling each part of the same nation. And then, of course, you know, it only made sense that it were the queens who got killed off one by one. Yeah, right. So are you an avid fan, uh, fantasy reader yourself? Absolutely. That's probably 99% of what, my, what I read is young adult fantasy. Really? I read some adult books as well, but, yeah, mostly fantasy. It's, it's always been my love ever since I was a little kid. And what was it that, what is it that appeals to you so much of that, about that genre as a reader? I think just the escapism. I I love to journey other worlds. I love immersive storytelling. That was really something that I wanted to achieve with Four Dead Queens is I want people to finish the book and want to go back and reread it or want to be able to visit it or know more about about the world and the characters. And for me as, as a kid and as a reader even now, I just love, you know, it, leaving everything behind, leaving your, your troubles behind and escaping to a fantasy world. Usually they're not better than our world. Like sometimes fantasy worlds are a lot darker, Game of Thrones, for example, yeah. but it's still a wonderful escape and it's a great way to pose questions that relate to our own world but in a fictional setting and a fantasy setting to kind of explore how things could be different, for example, if there were concurrent rulers instead mm -hmm. of just one ruler and how that would work. Now, I know this is your debut novel, but I can tell that this is just the start of the beginning. This is the start of something big because I think this yeah. book is going to go off. But, <laughs> you know, so but before you become a household name, um, can you just give us a, just a brief potted history of your career so far, just so li listeners can get a little bit of an idea of, you know, what you've been doing since, right. you know, as an adult kind of thing? Sure. I mean, it certainly is not the first book that I've written. Uh, it's the first book that I got published. So it's been a long journey to get here. I think that's kind of a common story that you hear with debut authors, that it's not, not common that it's, you know, the first thing I've written and they managed to get it picked up within a year or so. So for, for me, I've been writing, well, I've always written ever since I learned how to write. I've always written stories and always wanted to be a published author. I, back in high school, thought I would be published by the time I was 18, which was a very lofty goal and came and went. And many, many years later, uh, I didn't get published. But um, it was always something I had in my mind to do and because I, I just love books so much, especially fantasy and young adult fiction. Yeah. And I, um, But I got a little sidetracked with my day job, which is working in the film, TV and animation industry. So I focused on that for quite a few years and it wasn't until 2009, 2010 that I kind of said, okay, I really need to invest time and effort into this thing of writing if I want to make it happen, if I want to finish a book because I had failed to, to actually ever finish a novel up until that point. So I actually enrolled in some courses at the Australian Writers' Centre, and which back then was the Sydney Writers' Centre. Mm. And uh, I did a few courses, Creative Writing 1 and 2, an intro to novel writing, 
And that really helped me actually finish a story. So in 2011, I had my first completed manuscript and I tried to get it published first locally in, with publishers in Australia and then tried to get an agent in the U.S., and I found how difficult it was and how much competition there is to try and get an agent, especially in the U.S., uh, through querying. It's very, very hard to to even get a full manuscript looked at. I only got one full manuscript request with my first manuscript. And so I started again. I wrote a another YA fantasy. The first one was also YA but more paranormal. Mm-hmm. And... I did NaNoWriMo and I wrote it in a very short amount of time and then polished it for about a year doing more writing courses uh, to make sure that it was the best that it could be. And I then got more uh, requests from agents and I got about 12 full manuscript requests and quite a lot of positive feedback. So I felt like I was getting closer, but I was also told that what I was writing wasn't standing out in the market so that there was a lot of similar books. I had written like an elemental magic fantasy yeah. So then it was my goal to write something very different, write something that I hadn't seen before, something that combined all the things that I loved in fiction, in film and TV, like different kinds of storytelling, and, of course, in young adult, and that became Four Dead Queens. Wow, fantastic. So tell, so um, when did you start writing that? Give us a, for Four Dead Queens, just give us a brief kind of idea of the timeline of when you started writing it, you know, how long it took you and then the steps up to that until basically publication, just kind of like the timeline of its journey. Right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's kind of burned into my my brain. So essentially I started writing in March of 2016 Mm -hmm. and I wrote – because I work full time. So, you know, I, I wrote for about four months um, on weekends and, and at, at night time. And then I found out about Pitch Wars and I'd heard about it a few years earlier, but I'd never been in a place to actually submit anything. And I thought, well, that's a great deadline to have. It was August yeah. that you had to like submit something. So I thought I'll try and get a first draft done. For some reason, I didn't think you had to have the whole manuscript complete, which is my fault for not reading the right, um, the full terms and conditions. So I submitted it on on the deadline of August, which was about 57,000 words, not even a full um, manuscript really, especially for fantasy, which yeah. tends a lot longer. And half an hour later, I got a full request from my pitch and first chapter. And I was like, oh, okay, I better finish this book. Mm. So I spent the next week just really I took some time off work and just really knuckled down and tried to get it done and from that I actually got into Pitch Wars which was fantastic and so that was August 2016. I, and for people who um, aren't familiar with Pitch Wars perhaps you could just explain uh, yes. that. Mm. Sure so Pitch Wars is a pitching competition it's mostly on Twitter but they also have a website and essentially you get placed if you get in you get placed with a mentor or, or two mentors who will help polish your manuscript for agents. And then at the end of a certain time, when when I did it, it was two months, but I believe it's longer now, it goes up online as a sample and a pitch for a certain amount of agents to read and then they can request the full manuscripts. So that's what I ended up doing. I, I revised for two months with my mentors. It went up on the Pitch Wars website and I got – Lots of requests for agents, much more than I ever had on any of my other manuscripts, which was very encouraging to me because I I just kind of thought of it as, oh, it's a great way to have a deadline and make my manuscript better and then I can query it. I never really thought I'd get an agent through Pitch Wars, which I ended up getting, (laughs) signing with Mm. um, Hilary Jacobson of ICM Partners. She's my amazing agent Mm. in the States and we revised for two more weeks and then she submitted to publishers and she submitted to about 30 publishers in January of 2017. So not a, not a long time after I actually signed with her, which was the end of November. Mm-hmm. And then less than two weeks later, I actually got my first offer, which was with Penguin Random House, who I, I signed with. So that part of the process was very quick. I would say certainly not the years that I had spent on that first manuscript revising and not getting anywhere. And then, but that was all the way back in, in February of 2017. So it's taken this long then to actually have the book published. So 
just due to um, publishing schedules and revisions and mm. marketing timelines, it, it takes a lot longer for, for the book itself to come out. Yeah, for sure. Now, did they, um, are, did they ask you whether you had a second book that you were already writing and are you writing your next book? Yes, they did ask. So they asked if I had some ideas. I had three different pitches, which I pitched at the time of Four Dead Queens, and they, they picked their favourite one. And that's the book that will be coming out uh, early next year with Putnam, which is the imprint of Penguin Random House that I'm with. Uh, so I'm actually currently just editing that book and I've got to submit it uh, in the next two weeks. Uh, so I'm under deadline at the moment, which is very exciting. Yeah. And, yeah, that will be the next thing that, that will come. Is which it I, a sequel or is it a different book? It's another standalone. So okay. both Four Dead Queens and this book are um, YA sci-fi fantasy mashup standalones. Right. So now let's talk about um, Four Dead Queens and when you were actually writing it. So you start thinking of this idea, this premise. Tell us then a bit about your writing process. Did you, are you one of those people who already know what's happening at the end or you know, <laughs> you, you plot it out or, or do you, or are you a pantser where you, you know, just see how it unfolds and discover the plot as you go along? How do you actually get the words onto the paper, you know, well, onto the word document. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish I was a plotter. I am definitely a pantser. Hmm. I actually didn't even know who the killer was until a third of the way through the first draft of Four Dead Queens. So I was just, you know, writing, seeing what would happen, exploring the characters. I find that I, I don't know who my characters are until I start writing. And sometimes it will take me through to the completion of the first draft to be like oh that's what the character wants that's what they're all about Mm. so it's a bit of a yeah interesting process because I don't have any idea what's going to happen and where I'm going to go and I just hope that I'll find my way there but so far you know that process seems to work the best for me yeah right and so when you were writing it um because you kind of had a deadline like you had uh, you, you you kind of manufactured a deadline for yourself. Right. Um, did you then aim to have a word count completed a certain each day or how did you actually get the words down, especially when you had to juggle it with a job? Like right. did you have a system or an incentive scheme for yourself <laughs> or, you know, what? I do have a, a bit of a system. I try to write at least a thousand words a day when I'm writing something new Mm -hmm. um, something fresh I try and write a thousand words a day and that's usually between the hours of six and nine so whether if work's running a little yes sorry at night uh I'm not a morning person at all so (laughs) I am definitely a a night writer and um, yeah so I sometimes have to work a little bit later so it might be a later window, but usually it takes me around half an hour to get a thousand words out in that first kind of um, almost like a brain dump um, part of the process where I'm just getting ideas out and getting characters out. Uh, and for um, for revisions, I tend to look more at chapters and pages and try and work out how many, like right now I'm going through my revision and I'm working out how many days I have left and trying to divvy that up to make sure that I can yeah. meet my deadlines. But hang on, you said that you work from usually six till nine, which is obviously after your day job, yes. but you said it takes you half an hour to get out a thousand words. Is that what you said? Yes, that's right. So it how, depends. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not so good at math, but I... <laughs> I, yeah, it depends on, like, if it takes me longer than half an hour, it's just that window is, like, my writing time. Oh, so, I see. And sometimes if I'm if I'm really, you know, on a roll, I'll just keep going and I'll write much more than a 1,000. But mm. it's at least has to be a 1,000 words a night just but to still, keep that. But a 1,000 words in half an hour is pretty amazing. They're bad words, though, Valerie. They're, like, <laughs> they're just, you know, whatever kind of comes into my head. I'm very much a – I do, wow. don't do edit as I write. I just get it all down there and then I'll, I'll come back with revisions and it, it tends to be a lot more work in revisions than perhaps a plotter would have with a, with a cleaner first draft. 
they often call it like draft zero, uh, which is is kind of what I do. It's a very rough draft yeah. with characters changing names, personalities, sure. um, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's just a very fluid kind of style of writing. So I don't get kind of uh, locked in my own brain trying to work out how certain things will work. I'll worry about that later in revision. Sure. So tell me, a lot of people listen to this and they have day jobs and they think that they don't have the time to write a novel so tell us your own sort of self-management and because obviously you've just done a full day's work Um, right how do you get into the zone how do you convince yourself you're not too tired or that your brain is not too full that sort of thing yeah, it's tricky. It's definitely something I've struggled with because I do work from home remotely. It's a very similar scenario of me sitting in front of the computer in the same room. So it's kind of like just extending my work day, mm-hmm. even though the work itself is is very different. So having that that goal of 1,000 words a night certainly keeps keeps me motivated and keeps um, keeps my my progress kind of moving along. But I think also changing rooms sometimes because I have a laptop, I'll just move to another room if I if I don't want to sit in here any longer and that will just click my brain into a different gear. But it's more the, the feeling of having written that I love so much, like after the 1,000 words or however much I've written, I feel such a great sense of relief and gratification and, and accomplishment that just holding on to that is what kind of gets me going. So even yeah. if I'm tired, I'm like, you know, you'll feel better after you've done this and you'll feel mm. guilty if you haven't done this because I have a very <laughs> guilty conscience. So that kind of keeps me keeps me going even after a long day. I mean, I certainly do recommend taking time off. I would not recommend working every evening and every Saturday and Sunday because that can burn you out. Yes. Well, and I guess approaching it is like a, like going to the gym, right? You you kind of don't want to go, but you know you'll feel great afterwards. Absolutely, yeah. And it is like a muscle. It does, like the mm. more you do it, the more you're constantly thinking about the story and the world and the characters throughout the day, then it, the easier it is to write at night and to, to get a thousand words out feels like nothing. So if you kind of break that pattern, and I know people have lots of different um, processes and sometimes writing every day is impossible but for me, it's the best way to keep going because it does keep me thinking in that world and living in that world. So while you're writing a book like Four Dead Queens or whatever you're writing at that time, presumably you have these other ideas that are kind of calling to you saying, write me, write me. <laughs> what do you do with them? I will admit I'm not one of those people who has like a list of 100 things that I want to write about. Really? I I'm very focused on one project or two projects, what I'm either revising and what I've or just starting or, you know, what I've finished and, and what I'm revising. So I tend to live in those worlds quite completely and don't have a lot of competing ideas. I That said, I did come up with an idea the other night and <laughs> I already have a book three in mind. So I was like, okay, maybe wow. book four and I'll just put you to the side for now and I'll focus on you later. Mm-hmm. Um um, now yeah. you've done m- many, many courses at the Australian yes. Writers' Centre. What did you find most beneficial about doing those courses that actually helped you in your writing? Oh, so much. I mean, I think just making it a priority for one was something, you know, that often people think, oh, writing is a hobby or, you know, I can't make that a priority in my life. And I was saying, no, this is a priority for me. I'm going to do this and I'm going to invest time by doing a course. And that for to just to make that step, I think also change gears in my brain that, you know, this was something that I could achieve and that I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just just the tips from from the presenters, they, you know, I learned so much about crafting a story. I mean, the only training that I have, and I do consider reading training, is reading lots of books because you get the idea of how to tell a story. And But that said, you also don't want to mimic just what you've read. So I think learning the different story structures, uh, certainly Kate Forsyth had some amazing notes on story structures that I still use today. Um, I think it was the History, Mystery and Magic course. Yeah, 
that I did that was fantastic. And Pamela Freeman was amazing as well. Mm. She really helped me. I was working on my first manuscript and she really helped me push it in a direction that wasn't too expected and too easy to resolve, which was something I tended to do in my writing um, rather than, yeah, pushing the boundaries and and making it harder to resolve issues for characters and, and plot and that sort of thing. So, and just meeting like-minded people, like realizing that, you know, there are other people out there that feel the same way about writing and, and books and, mm-hmm. and creating writing groups. I had a um, critique group out of, I think it was the third course that I did with Pamela, Intro to Novel Writing, Mm -hmm, and we would meet up every month and share share, um, work. So this was back when I was living in Sydney, so unfortunately I don't have that group anymore. Mm. But, yeah, there's just so much to to learn, like being part of the community, just knowing that how to to write a story and, and learning how to do that and workshopping in, in the, um, in the classroom was really a important kind of step to finishing that first manuscript. Mm. And what do you think you, what situation do you think you'd be in if you hadn't done the courses? Uh, that's a good question. I think I probably would have really struggled to finish a, a book. I, I certainly needed that motivation and that encouragement. Uh, those courses that I did with Pamela were really encouraging because I had never had outside critique of my work. I mean, I, I loved English in high school and I did lots of creative writing there, but it had been a long time since I had feedback and just to hear people say, you know, you're, you're good with words or you can tell a good story. That was really encouraging. So maybe without that encouragement, I would still be floundering with that first manuscript. It's, it's hard to say. I would hope that I would make it eventually, but yeah, it certainly kicked me into the right direction. Yeah, because just to give people some context, you're, you went on to university to just study something completely different. You studied 3D animation, isn't right? right? That's so right, yeah. you weren't doing it in your working day at all. It was something that you were doing um, after hours, right? That's right, yeah. I mean, I and, like to think that – sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say I like to think that there is a common thread of storytelling in yes. animation and I think, you know, I've always had that passion for storytelling but, yeah, certainly not writing on in any respect on a day-to-day basis. Let's just circle back to Four Dead Queens because, you know, these are four – there's so many interesting characters in the novel. Have you based some of them? on how have you developed the characters have you based some of them on certain people that seems to be my my feeling that that might happen but you tell me uh not really I the characters some were very clear from the outset like Iris Queen Iris she came across her voice was very strong Uh, as I mentioned I just kind of put fingers to keyboard and see what happens and her Mm -hmm. voice kind of came out pretty much the way that she is now in the finished book and other characters were more of a push and pull between the the culture and the background of which they came from and what they believed in because each quadrant has very firm beliefs in certain parts of society. For example, Marguerite believes that their society believes in curiosity and discovery and they're explorers and trade, um, trade with the other quadrants and business people. So that kind of enterprising part of who they are would then affect her personality so it was a bit of a push and pull between the queen's personality affecting the quadrants and the quadrants Mm. affecting the queens um but yeah I wouldn't say anyone is particularly based on anyone actually they're just there's probably a bit of me in all of them I'm sure yes yes (laughs) now not only are you creating another world? You're actually creating four worlds in another world, yeah. right? So right. you need to um, make sure that you are consistent across your not just one world but your four worlds. Um, so what did you do on a practical level to manage that? Did you have any kind of world-building Bible or, or <laughs> anything like that? Uh, not really. I tend to keep it all in my head, although I did really? draw a map. Yeah, okay. it, which is probably why I don't have space for other ideas to come yeah. in. It's just so full of what I'm working on at that time. 
the other thing that I really wanted was each kind of quadrant to be in contrast to the other. So the way that I kind of developed them is, you know, Lydia, for example, is about entertainment and passion and the fun things in life, literature and music. So I then wanted something directly opposed to that. So I kind of developed them all together in contrast of each other so that it could create good conflict and drama in the book. Uh, so, yeah, nothing apart from a, a few sketches of a map. Um, it was all just kind of up in my head. Yeah, right. So um, uh, what would your if, – if you had to share your top three tips – or you can actually share as many as you want <laughs> for aspiring writers who hope to be where, you know, you are one day with their book published, what would they be? Definitely read. Keep mm. reading your your preferred genre and category as well as read wider. So I also read crime, have a little bit of contemporary, mostly YA and YA fantasy. But, yeah, reading a lot, it, it – really does teach you how to structure narrative and plot and story and characters and, and yeah, just basically knowing um, the structure of a book and how things work. So read a lot would be my number one tip. Mm. Two would be to invest um, into your writing. So whether that is mm. just time um, or into courses, but take it seriously and allow yourself to – you know, treat it as, you know, it can still be a hobby, but treat it as something that could lead to something more than, you know, something that you just write every now and then. And the more seriously you take it, the more seriously I think other people take it. I remember I announced, I think it was back in 2011, that I was going to write a novel. I told all my friends. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that was a little bit early because then people keep asking you what's happening with that novel. Is it getting published? <laughs> <laughs> Many years later to actually have that happen. But yeah, being being able to take that seriously in your own life, however however you can do that, whether that is just writing on your own or getting a critique group or enrolling in some courses, everything helps. Or just listening to podcasts like this. I mean, that's that's spending your time wisely. I think mm. you know there's so much out on the internet uh, for writers and you know aspiring authors, which is fantastic. I've used many resources to try and, you know, get to, to this point. And for the third one would be is to just finish the novel. It's really hard to, you know, get something published that's not finished. So, (laughs) you know, push on and turn off your inner critic, just keep writing, write what you love. I guess that's another, another thing. If if you love it and you enjoy it, someone else will, I really believe that. Mm. So yeah, keep writing, finish that book and worry about all the other stuff later, like how to query, how to find a publisher. Don't get bogged down on that yet because it can be a little bit overwhelming. Just get the book done. Yes, great advice. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on your book. So excited for you. Thank you so much, Astrid. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. Our popular course, Creative Writing Stage 1, is the perfect way to unlock your creativity and explore the world of writing. You only need a couple of hours a week and you'll learn how to create memorable characters, believable dialogue and captivating plots, all in a supportive environment in this five-week online course. Whether your goal is to write a bestseller or simply tell better stories, learn at home with your very own tutor giving you personal feedback each week. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash creative writing. There you go, Astrid Schultz. I'm so excited for her. Oh, God, me too. I mean, I just – and, you know, to have the whole New York launch and you know, know. all of that, so exciting. Oh, speaking very, of launching, I have something yes. to say. go on. Um, I have started, for anyone out there who's currently writing a manuscript oh, or yeah. wants to start writing a manuscript or whatever, um, if you visit me on my Facebook page at mm-hmm. Alison Tate Writer, um, I have started the hashtag write a book with Al 
excitement again. Yes. Um, I'm working on a new manuscript. If you would like to just work alongside me, basically mm-hmm. what happens is I just post my word counts each day, whether they be zero, whether they be whatever, um, mm-hmm. and you can just chime in and let me know how you're going. They, they tend to get a little community built around it in the sense that everybody kind of, you know, supports everyone else. It's just, mm. it's an accountability thing. It's accountability for me to actually get this thing done. And it's accountability mm. for you if you want to join in and share, you know, share the experience. Writing is lonely. So, you know, let's do it together. It's that kind of idea. Anyway, so at Facebook, um, Alison Tate Writer, if you would like to uh, to jump on board. Like it's uh, one of those things, there's no rules, hop in, hop out, do whatever it is you want. Um, but I will be there with my word counts, you know, for your pleasure because <laughs> <laughs> writing can such it can be such an isolating experience and it is really good to know that somebody else is going through the same thing you are so hashtag write a book with Al is a really cool way just to have that camaraderie and just to have a little bit of connection with other people who are also writing at the same time so definitely right. um get onto it uh we want oh actually i want to give a shout out to first of all everyone who's in our listener community on facebook so if you're not already part of it just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and request to join. It's free to join. We'd love to have you in there. It's so cool to see so many people who love writing and who are sharing ideas and tips. I want to give a big shout out to Bron Jocelyn, who I bumped into at the Sydney Writers Festival. And of course, I know that there are lots of listeners who went to the Sydney Writers Festival um, and it's, it's, it was a hive of activity. Um, but literally, Bron and I literally bumped into each other (laughs) while crossing well not quite but you know so we didn't knock each other over or anything but um but it was good to uh to 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 meet people from the community so make sure if you're not already in the Facebook group um that you join because the other thing we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a cover reveal in the Facebook group aren't we Al? Oh the excitement and it is very exciting and I feel like many of our people and you guys are all our people obviously will very much relate to the cover I'm very much looking forward to um I'm very much looking forward to seeing how much you relate to the cover but anyway yep I think it's going to be great so yeah so get in there if you want to have first look at what we're doing yes we will be posting that very soon in the meantime Al um where do we find you online you will find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com, which is, of course, my home on the internet, and you'll find all the information about my books there and oh, all of the exciting 10 years' worth of blog posts. Oh, my God. So much stuff. I know. Um, you will also find me on Twitter at, at Altate, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. You'll find all of the show notes at soyouwanttobearwriter.com.au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. 